Father, cause our eyes to see today. Cause our ears to hear. Let nothing be left undone that needs to be done. Let nothing be left unsaid that should be said. But by your word and by your spirit, let every heart be changed. Let every eye see, let every ear hear what needs to be seen and what needs to be heard in order to glorify you. You are changing us. You are causing our mind to be renewed by Holy Spirit. And it is by Holy Spirit that our mind is renewed. Without Holy Spirit, there's no renewing of the mind. I thank you that because of you, we are men and women, sons and daughters that can join together today and we can be changed. I thank you that as we sit together, as we open our Bibles together, as we look at our, uh, whatever it's on our iPad or our phone or wherever it is, I thank you that you can work in us. You can cause things to penetrate us that have maybe never found a place until now. Be glorified today. Be glorified today. I want everyone to say with me, I am a receiver. I receive this morning everything the Father intends to release to me today. Amen, amen, and amen. Strike hands with somebody beside you. This week, I want to talk about, everybody say it with me, the promise. The promise. So, who is the promise of Holy Spirit to? Who is the promise of of Holy Spirit too. There is a lot of confusion in the church world today, in no doubt about it, in the church world today, as to whom Holy Spirit was actually sent, and what does receiving Him look like? You know, it depends on what denomination or what church or where you were saved or where, how you were brought up. If you were brought up Catholic, Holy Spirit has this kind of relationship. If you were brought up Baptist, Holy Spirit has this kind of relationship with you. If you were brought up Pentecostal, He has this kind of relationship with you that's usually wild, woolly, and throwing barrettes or uh, what do you call them? The... Um, Bobby pins, you know, depending on what it, where you were saved, where you came into the kingdom, doesn't matter. Wherever you came, usually you have the kind of relationship with Holy Spirit that that particular faith allows you to have. Deems adequate, necessary. And each faith determines what amount of relationship with Holy Spirit they're comfortable with. They decide we're comfortable with this amount, we're comfortable with that amount, until the teaching of their comfort level becomes gospel. And anything outside of that teaching isn't gospel. Let me address that today. I'm not trying to say to you that you have to have Holy Spirit and experience with Holy Spirit like I do. I'm not going to say to you that you have to express your relationship with Holy Spirit like I do. What I am going to say to you is that every single person that comes into the kingdom of God should absolutely receive Holy Spirit and allow Him to do in them everything he wants to do not just the part your preacher says is okay not even me 
Not just the part that your preacher says is okay. If it's outside this, it's not right, blah, 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 blah. No. He wants to come and guide you, lead you, me, guide us into, into, into truth. All of it. All of it. All of it. Not just the part the preacher said is truth. But all truth. Not just the part of the truth. That, see, because you need to understand this, and I can't hang on this uh, hook very long, but just understand this. I don't have all truth. Listen to me, what I'm telling you right now. Now, because preachers have been put on these pedestals for eons of time, and everybody thinks preachers are flawless, and they know everything about the Bible. I got news for you. I can't even tell you the last scripture I memorized. Anybody feel like you need to leave? I just don't find it important to memorize it. I find it detrimental for me. But I don't have all truth. I can't even explain that right now. I probably shouldn't have said it since I can't explain it. I can explain it. I just don't have time to do it today. But I don't have all truth. And most, time, most of the time people sit and listen to a preacher and they assume they got all truth. So whatever they say, that's the whole of it. I got news for you today. I don't have the whole of it. So if you're coming to listen to me tell you everything, I can't do that because I am not the Holy Ghost. I am not the Holy Spirit, and better than that, I will not be Holy Spirit to you. I will not in any way try to pretend like I am Holy Spirit to you. If you come to me and say, I need answers for this or I need help for this and I don't have an answer for that, I am not going to feel bad. But you're the preacher. You're supposed to. I am not going to feel bad. Say, no, I'm not supposed to. If I have an answer... I'll give it to you. If I don't, you can go to the same answer giver that I go to. And if you will receive that answer giver, he will give you the same answer he would give me. So why don't you skip this part of the line and go ahead and get your own answer? Does anybody hear me today? I don't want to be that part. So he came to give all truth. So what you have to know is, no preacher, no denomination, no church anywhere is going to have every answer for everything, but Holy Spirit does. Even when your preacher doesn't have it, Holy Spirit has it. So let's read Acts chapter 2. I've got to read this. I've got to move, jump right into this. Let's read Acts chapter 2. You knew I was going there. You can't talk about Holy Spirit without going there. But let's read this, and I know that there's probably going to be places in Acts chapter 2 where some will get more excited than others, and other places where some will get more excited than others. But... Uh, Understand that, just follow along. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all gathered together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire, entire house where they were sitting. And, it divide, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. How cool would that be? How cool would that be? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began, <clears throat> they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And as this sound, and at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were amazed. They were bewildered, because each one was hearing these folks speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? 
And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and... In other words, everybody... How do we hear all this and understand it? We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. In our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking said, these folks are drunk. They hung out at the bar. In fact, I saw two of them over there last night. I saw those two back in the back corner. I saw them hanging out at the bar last night. I know exactly why they're doing that. Well, listen, I've drank wine. I've had a beer in my life. Not so. <laughs> that could be misinterpreted a lot of ways. But I've never had enough to drink to cause me to speak French. It's just never, nobody's ever come up to me and say, what? (laughs) But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and he addressed them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and I want you to listen to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you think or as you suppose Because it's only the third hour of the day. Now, if it were the fourth or fifth, it could be different. But this is the early. It's early. It's too early. They have morals. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit. I will pour out my spirit on. I will pour out my spirit on. 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 In the last days it shall be God, God declares, God declares, God declares, I will pour out my spirit, I will pour out my spirit on, on, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy when that happens, and your young men will have visions, your old men will have dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire, vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it will come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Let me back up. Let me say this real quick. If there's ever been a reason why people aren't dreaming or at least living up to the potential of the dreams they've had, it's because of a lack of receiving Holy Spirit who was sent to enable you to walk out the dream that you've had. It doesn't do any good to dream a dream, but you're not empowered by the Holy Ghost to live out the dream that came from the Father. The Father causes you to need Holy Spirit to fulfill the dream. Every dream God ever gave any of us, He gave that dream to us knowing that we could not complete it alone. If you're sitting there and you look at the dream, 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 day after day after day, week after week, yada, 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 and you continue to look at this dream and it's never happening, you come to a place, perhaps you're there today, where you need to ask yourself, am I trying to live out this dream by my own accord? 
Am I trying to fulfill this dream with my own wisdom, with my own mind, with my own knowledge, with my own understanding? What if I can accept that the dream isn't mine, the dream is the Lord's, and the Lord gave the dream and planted the dream in me. It's really his, but he's going to use me to fulfill the dream. And in order to fulfill the dream, I need to receive the manual. I need to receive the instruction booklet that he gave me and read it. Holy Spirit, see, we receive We accept that Holy Spirit is there, but too many times he's done with exactly what we do with instructions. Every man knows when you get a bicycle for your kids, you don't read the the instructions. You get them out of the box because they're in the way and you throw them up on the bar or the counter or whatever, wherever you're at. You throw them out of the way until you get halfway through there and you realize, where's that at? Honey, what'd you do with the instructions? So that you can get that. You spend three hours putting together what should have taken 30 minutes because we're just too smart. That's the nature of man. The nature of man is, why would I draw upon Holy Spirit? You gave me this dream. I can see it. I see the picture on the box. I believe I can fulfill it. And the father said, no, you need to get Holy Spirit out of the box and receive the manual that I gave you to help guide you through this transition. It will come to pass, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Men of Israel... Hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and you killed by the hands of lawless men. However, God raised him up loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me. He is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also dwells in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I I know I'm reading a lot, just bear with me. I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, And of that, we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of Holy Spirit, Jesus has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Who sent Holy Spirit Jesus Christ said, it is to your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, the helper will not come. If I go away, I will him to you. And he will guide you into all truth. 
For David did not ascend to the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus, whom you crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and for your children and for all who are far off everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. This gift, this promise is for who? For all, for you, for your children, for all who are, doesn't matter what generation you fall into. Doesn't matter if you were born in the year 12 or in the year 2012. Doesn't matter when you, who is the promise of Holy Spirit for? It is for every man. Holy Spirit, when you receive Jesus Christ, when Peter said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and receive the power, the promise of Holy Spirit, at the moment that you receive Christ, this is a problem with the Pentecostal church. Let me tell you what the problem with the Pentecostal church is. Pentecostal church doesn't believe you're full of the Holy Spirit until you pray in tongues. And they've ruined a lot of people. They've destroyed a lot of people. Because they believe that tongues is the only evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. But I've got news for you. I want to tell you when the sent one comes to us, tongues is a sign that you've been filled with Holy Spirit, but not the sign. I'm going to tell you another sign. Another sign that I'm full of Holy Spirit is when I begin to treat my wife like God would treat my wife. When I begin to rear my children like Yahweh God would rear his children, like he cares for me. When I begin to work faithfully on my job in such a way that I'm honoring the Father in the way that I honor those who are around me. When I respect like God would respect. When I love like God would love. When I walk into what he would walk into and out of what he would walk out of. That is evidence of Holy Spirit in our life. Somebody say amen in this house this morning. So the Pentecostal church, which is what I'm mostly familiar with, the Pentecostal church, and, the, and I've seen a lot, in the Pentecostal church, I'm going to tell you, if you weren't baptized and you weren't praying in tongues, man, they, it wasn't happening. And they would lay hands on you and they would grab a hold of you and say, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And they would shake your head and jerk you around and twist you up. And they've done it to me, made me mad. Get your hands off me. If you're trying to give me something that looks like that, I don't want it. But you give me something that looks like treating my wife right or raising my kids right or being a, uh, being a demonstration to the earth. I want all of that. It might come loud or it might come quiet, but whatever it is, I want that. Oh. He said, for the promises for you, for your children, for everyone who's afar off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself, and with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. 
Why would he follow that up with repent, be baptized, receive Jesus Christ, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? Why would he follow that up with that? Because he said, I want to tell you how you can save yourselves from this crooked generation. Receive the Holy Spirit. And the only way you're getting the Holy Spirit, he's come to guide you into all truth. The only way you're getting the promise is if you get Christ. Because when you receive Christ, when you repent of your sins and you receive Christ, at the moment you receive him, at that very moment, Jesus Christ says to Holy Spirit, now empower them. I've done my job. I've reconciled them back to the Father. Now I need you, Holy Spirit, to empower them. He is to everyone. Everybody say, he is to everyone. Look at the person beside you and say, he's come to you. Point your finger right in their face. Say, he has come to you. Come on, tell them again. Say, he has come to you. Everyone. So those who received his word were baptized and added that day. There were about 3,000 and they devoted themselves, yada, 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 yada. Now let me move along. So in Acts chapter 2, 17, let me read that again. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Let me hang on that for just a moment. May I? I want to hang there for a moment. Because I want you to see visions. I want you to dream dreams. I want you to prophesy. And it isn't just for the guy sitting across the room that does it every Sunday. It isn't just for the woman that's sitting over there that you talk to every now and then and you wish, oh, I wish I could, I wish I had a relationship with Christ like she does. The promise of Holy Spirit for anyone who ever thought that's for the Pentecostals, that's for the Baptists, that's for this group, or that's for the non-denominationals, or that's for the ones that run around the building, that's for the ones with the buns on their head. For everybody who ever thought that, I want to tell you, to whatever measure, whatever measure, whatever measure, the moment you receive Christ, the promise comes to you. Young, old, in the middle, small, large, wherever you are, employed, unemployed, poor, wealthy, doesn't matter, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, Somewhere in the middle, doesn't matter where you've come from, American, Lithuanian, Russian, Chinese, doesn't matter who you are, who has a promise of Holy Spirit come to? To you and to your children and to all who are afar off. This Holy Spirit that is sent, is sent to you, to you, to you. Why did he send him? Because he wants you dreaming. Why did he send him? Because he wants you prophesying. Why did he send him? Not so that you could look at him and say, do you, and someone can come up and they can say, Jimmy, do you believe in the Holy Ghost? Yeah, oh yeah, I believe in the Holy Ghost. Why is there no evidence? Not, no, I'm, you. <laughs> yeah, Jim, no. Not so you could say, yeah, I believe in the Holy Ghost and yet there's no evidence. I don't want anybody to ever have to come to me and say, do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Listen, if you've known me for three minutes, you need to know I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Because I'm a dreamer and I'm a visionary and I'm seeing and I'm prophesying. I'm calling those things that are not into the now so that they are. I'm calling those things that may not exist in the present. They exist in my mind even if I can't touch them because I'm prophesying. Because I've received the one that came to empower me to believe beyond where I am. 
And I'm going to tell you something. You can look at me and you can say, whoo, he gets real excited about the Holy Ghost. I get real excited about Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you why I get excited about the Holy Spirit. Because I know what he's capable of. And I know what you're capable of when you receive the one that was sent to you. If you can receive the one that is sent to you, you can be as excited as I am. Because all of a sudden, those things that you've stopped believing for and hoping for and having trust for and faith for, all of a sudden, you receive Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you what happens. A fin will happen. Something amazing will happen. Because you believe beyond what you see and you lay hold of what you could not touch just moments before he said this is a promise that I'm giving to you and I'm giving to your children and I'm giving to everybody that comes after you but here's the here's the problem here's the problem here's the challenge he's given both you and me authority and because you and I have authority we can say I'm not going to receive that that's weird why would I receive something I can't see? I'm not going to do that. I hear that preacher preaching. It's exciting and everything, but you know what? That's kind of bizarre. I'm not going to do all that. I already received Jesus Christ, and that's good enough, man. I'm just going to say Jesus' name everywhere I go. Jesus this, Jesus that, Jesus amen, Jesus hallelujah, Jesus God bless, Jesus be, whatever it is that people say. I'm going to Jesus everything. And I'm just going to make sure I code everything with you. I'm going to put a couple of his pictures on my wall because everybody knows that Kodak back then, man, he was cool. He got snapshots of Jesus. So we all know what he looks like. So we have a decision to make. We have a decision to make, North. I have a decision to make. You know what? I received Christ. But do I have that kind of faith to receive Holy Spirit? You ever wonder why some people, like, can I, can, I, can I say what I'm about to say without condemnation on your part? It's not condemnation, condemnation on my part. You can receive it how you want to, but it's not meant to be con- condemning. It's meant to be eye-opening. You don't have to wonder long why when sometimes when people get saved, they continue to go to the altar week after week after week. They always feel like they need to repent for the same things over and over again. I repent, I repent, I repent. Because they received Christ, he reconciled them to the Father, but he, they did not receive Holy Spirit who came to now guide them into truth. See, they're, they're without truth. When I received Jesus, I have truth. You don't have truth. You don't have truth because you received Jesus. You have God. Well, God is truth. You have God. I can come up and I can say, I have Jimmy. But until I begin to talk to Jimmy and learn about Jimmy, I cannot say I have relationship with Jimmy. Christ reconciles us to the Father. Holy Spirit teaches us all, causes us to come to know Daddy. When we receive Holy Spirit, he says, now let me tell you something that you might not have known. This is really good. Now, see, some of us in our religious ways, we're going to say, well, I'm not going to listen to you, Holy Spirit. I'm waiting on Jesus to tell me. And Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And you know what happens when we say that? Can I tell you what happens when we say that? Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and he's saying, oh, I'm, he's, he's making intercession. Everybody say he's making intercession for you and me. So what happens when we say something like, 
that, when we say something like, I'm not going to let you tell me, I'm going to let Jesus. Jesus immediately begins to intercede and he says, oh, Father, would you please open their eyes and let them know I'm not telling them anything? Jesus isn't talking to you. Jesus isn't talking to anybody in this room. You know, are you watching online? I know you, some of y'all already turned us off. <laughs> Jesus isn't talking to you. He said, it is to your advantage that I go away and I sit at the right hand of the Father so that I can make intercession for you. And I'm praying first that you'll receive the one that I'm sending to you, which is Holy Spirit. And when you receive Holy Spirit, he'll be the one talking to you and he'll be the one talking to you about the Father. And if you will set yourself to listen to the voice of Holy Spirit, I want to tell you this Jesus Christ whom you received, you will know in a way that you could not know without Holy Spirit. You won't know me because you say my name. You'll know me because you walk with me and you know my daddy. And then my daddy has become your daddy. And when my daddy becomes your daddy, you're going to be so glad you received the Holy Ghost. Things that weren't clear in the beginning will all of a sudden become clear. And he said, you'll prophesy, you'll have visions, you'll dream dreams. I'm going to tell you today, there's dreaming and visions and prophesying that needs to take place, Sam. There's dreams and visions that need to happen. And you know how they're going to happen? We receive Holy Spirit and we say, we talk. I'm going to ask a question. I'm, I'm not going to say what this is born of, but it was born out of a conversation this morning. I won't say with whom. In our meeting this morning before we came out. When's the last time you talked to Holy Spirit? Don't wave your hand. Don't, don't show me your hand. But when's the last time you talked to Holy Spirit? How many, don't, wait, don't show me your hand, but I'm just asking because I want to provoke thought. How many of you today already you've talked to Jesus? Don't shake your hand or wave your head or, or whichever way that would be. <laughs> Rub your tummy. <laughs> When's the last time you talked to Jesus? How often do you talk to Jesus? And how often do you talk to Holy Spirit? Do you ever wonder how often you've talked to Jesus, why you didn't get the answer you were looking for? You ready? Because Jesus isn't going to answer your prayer. Jesus doesn't answer prayers. Jesus reconciles you to his Father. And he sends Holy Spirit to help you know the Father so that your prayers, are, your prayers aren't answered because you pray. Your prayers are answered because you have relationship with the one who makes things happen. Or she said, ain't nobody watching online now. <laughs> We've never been a church that apologizes for the truth. Again, I, you know, this is my favorite. If I could teach on anything every day of the year, it'd be this. Holy Spirit. And we'll be doing it for the next several weeks, a yeah, couple months. So the promise came. Why did the promise come? So that I could dream, I could have visions, I could know the Father. He would lead me into all truth. Why did Jesus, well, let's do it. Let's go back. Let's back up. Let me just ask this real quick. Just see if you get it. Why did Jesus come? Say it again. Reconcile us to his daddy. You read anywhere you want to in scripture. Jesus Christ was sent. 
God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He sent them to reconcile us back to his daddy. And then we learn in the uh, New Testament that Jesus was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Why? So that he could reconcile us back to his daddy. In order for anything else to come, we first had to be, there had to be a reconciliation. There had to be a propitiation for our sins. There had to be a place where we could lay our sins down. Somebody that was worthy could pick them up, wash them away, join us back to the one who created created us but then at that moment Jesus went over and he sat down and he said now I'm praying for Matt now I'm praying for Steve and I'm going to intercede for them and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to do my part but there's another part of me there's another part of my daddy there's the promise part I promised them it's to your advantage if I go away I'm going to send him I promise I'm not kidding Jesus said I'm not playing around if you will just let me go Let me go do what I'm supposed to do. Don't try to hold me down. When you see me ascending into the heavens, don't grab hold of my feet. Don't lasso me and try to tie me down to this earth because it's to your advantage that I go away and I promise you when I go, I'm going to send to you the teacher, the Holy Spirit. And when he comes... When does he come? He comes when we receive Christ. When he comes, he will guide you into all truth if you will receive him. When the promise comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now, turn with me to uh, Acts, same one, Acts chapter uh, 2. Look at verse 38 and 39. Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive... Now, people... Let me address this real quick, and I'm going to try to do this without alienating people who have a different interpretation of this scripture. None of us have all the truth, but this is the truth that I live with. Let me just share with you the truth that I live with. I know that there are many denominations out there that believe that being baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, until that happens, you're not saved because of this very scripture. Let me sort this out for you. Being baptized is being baptized into Christ. It isn't being baptized into water. We do that. We will do that soon. But it is this scripture is not talking about being baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. It is talking about being baptized into Jesus Christ. In other words, oneness. Saying he and I are one. I am being baptized. The old me is gone. I am now joint heirs with the one I'm being baptized into. I am a brother to Christ. I am a son to God. Somebody say amen. That's what it means. Repent. And it is only through repentance that I can be baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of sins and then receive the Holy Spirit for the promises for you, your children, and everyone that comes after you. So who is it? Here's the interesting thing. At the end of verse 39, it says, he is for your children and for all who are afar off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Who is it that God called to himself? Turn backwards a little. Go flip backwards. Go to the left to John 17. And let's read that really quickly here. John 17, and I'm going to wrap this up. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all flesh to give it eternal life to all whom you had given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, the only, that they know you. 
What did he say? This is what eternal life looks like. That they know you, Daddy. They're going to know you when they receive the one that I send. Holy Spirit, because he's going to guide them into all truth. And that's who you are. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world even existed. I have manifested your name to the people. I've made your name real to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me. And they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me came from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but instead for those whom you have given me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and all yours are mine, and I'm glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one in the same way that you and I are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, other than the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you, I'm coming to you. And these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of this world just as I am not of the world. I'm going to tell you right there, I'm going to stop, and I'll pick up with 15 in just a second. I'm going to interject this. This was not part of my intention this morning, but I must interject this this morning. You know, I read every single day. I hear every day. You can't help it. It's on the radio. If you turn anything on that is somebody saying something that is whatever, news-based, media-based, every day. It's how intolerant that this one is or that one is of this thing or that thing. I'm going to tell you something. I'm very intolerant of immorality. And if they camped outside the doors of this church with 10,000 people with picket signs saying, don't go to this church because they are intolerant of homosexuality or adultery or whatever, they're intolerant. I would go out there and I would preach and I would accept their condemnation. I would accept it and I would say, your words are true. I am intolerant of the immorality, but I am tolerant of the person. I believe there is a path for the person to righteousness and to even say that creates that intolerant idea in their mind. But I believe for the person. I make room for the person. I do not make room for the sin. I do not pretend that homosexuality is okay just because the crowds are getting bigger that accept it. I've told you before, there was not many years ago, and I'm going to say, I have to say this very quickly. But it wasn't too many years ago where the idea of homosexuality being widely accepted was not even possible. Wasn't on the radar of anybody, that anybody would even dream that they would begin to pass laws or try to uh, destroy the idea of marriage by believing that it wasn't only between a man and a woman. 
It wasn't long ago that it would have been intolerable to even consider that anything homosexual would be legalized. Now let me go ahead and prophesy to you what I know to be true. The day is coming. You're probably, most of you will disagree with me now. But I want you to remember the words that I'm speaking and I want you to remember where you heard them. Because I have received the sent one Holy Spirit. And see, when immorality of any kind can be washed down to the point where it seems to have become moral, there is no limit to the destruction it will cause. The day is coming when pedophilia will be acceptable because people are born with that problem. Pedophilia will be okay. I'm sorry that your child got involved, but they were born with that issue. It is the nature of it. I'm telling you that politicians are going to rise up that are going to make it legal to mess with your babies. It's coming. Get ready. You can disagree with me today. That's okay. I just happen to be in a truth you've not yet reached, but you will. It's coming. Why? Because when immorality is unleashed... Until a people that will receive Holy Spirit and will stand for what is moral. Moral and righteousness align. And when we receive Holy Spirit, we begin to get an interpretation of what morality is and what God's intent for man is in a way that our mind could not without Holy Spirit. And we begin to see. If someone thinks I'm intolerant today of what is immoral, they have only yet to begin to understand how intolerant that I can be. I will never hire a homosexual, a queer, a lesbian. I will never do it unless healing comes. In the same way, I will not hire an alcoholic. In the same way, I would not hire into this ministry a drug addict. In the same way, to my, if it were to my knowledge, I would not hire into this ministry an adulterer or a fornicator. In the same way. Do you hear me today? But see, without Holy Spirit, what is immoral becomes moral. If in your mind, if in your spirit today, somehow you have found a place to begin to accept what God rejects. You need to ask yourself where you got off track. Because you have put distance between you and the God that I serve. Because the God that I serve is not a God that is afraid to draw lines. In fact, he said, there is a way to live and you can walk in it. There is a way to die and you can walk in it. But there is a line in between. If you have come to a place where somehow what was once immoral has, is beginning to or has become somehow acceptable, I invite you today to receive the one that will lead you into the truth of what that really is. First of all, to repent that you even entertained the thought that somehow this was okay and that God was okay with that. And come to the place, this is not what I was planning to get to, but I'm there. And say, Father, I receive Christ today. Forgive me. 
and I receive Holy Spirit to lead me again into what is truth. Not what is popular, but what is truth. If the church continues to allow the world to water us down, if the church continues to allow what's outside the doors of the church to determine what we will or won't believe, what is tolerable and what is intolerable, what is all right and what is all wrong, if we continue to let them do it, there'll be a day, there'll be no church, there'll be nowhere where you and I can go and we can worship freely and we can preach and we can receive and we can be changed and we can lift our voice. You are a testimony. You are a witness. You are God's opportunity to make all right the wrongs that exist outside the building today. We do that because we receive the promise, the promise of Holy Spirit that came to lead us into all truth. Now, I, pay, I laid that out there. Let me finish this. Verse 15, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. I'm not asking that you wipe them out because they're immoral. I'm just asking that you give them a place. They are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I've sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will, live, who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. Let me go back to what I read a moment ago in Acts chapter 2.39. To everybody... And he said, I'm sending Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has been sent, and I will lead everybody into truth that I call my own. If you're wondering where truth is in you today, and you've never received Jesus Christ, truth is not coming. Your dreams aren't coming. Your visions aren't coming. Your hopes will be empty. Whatever measure you achieve will be the measure of your own doing. Adam could have eaten an apple or he could have owned the apple tree. He chose to eat. Therefore, the whole fruit was denied him. If you're given the decision today, I'm going to eat the apple or rule the world, would you choose to rule an apple? Leave that thing alone and I'll give you everything. But it's because of the nature of man. The one thing you told me to leave alone, somehow I've got to get my hands on that. got to sink my teeth into it because the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life says, if you say I can't have it, by God, I'm going to show you I can. I'm going to prove to somebody that nobody can tell me what I can or can't have. Are you given the opportunity? Do you take the fruit? Or do you receive the bigger gift? Don't lose the whole because you've let yourself become so focused on the peace. Don't lose it all because you keep stumbling over the one offense. Does anybody hear me in this place this morning? 
He said, it is to your advantage that I go away because if I don't, I can't send the one that will make you happy. That will tell you what you need to know. That will make your dreams worth dreaming. That will make your visions worth having. That will make the time it takes to prophesy worth taking. He says, if you receive Christ, that's the first thing. I'll send Holy Spirit. You receive my promise, which is Holy Spirit, I'll change everything. You receive Christ, you're in the door. You receive Holy Spirit, it's all yours. Do you hear me today? And this is what I love. And he said, I promise I will send him to you. To you, to your babies, to your babies' babies, to your babies' babies' babies. And if you look down the road, down that generational tree, as far as you can see, there and way past it, to whatever the present looks like, my promise reaches that far, he said. My word to you today, stand with me if you would, please. Receive Holy Spirit. He is the promise. He was sent to you and me. Receive Him. He will change your life. Father, today I lift my voice over this people, and I ask that today that eyes have seen and ears have heard and that each one has received. And I pray today... And know today that we have not received all, but we received in part. But because we receive Holy Spirit, we are coming into all truth. That you are leading us into the truths that we need to walk out this moment, this day, this hour, whatever is in front of us. I thank you for your promise. You are a good and a faithful God. I love you. I bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.